Hello everyone, welcome to series one of Behind the Artist podcast with me, Sophie Skelton. I founded Behind the Artist back in March of 2023, interviewing an array of fantastic pioneering artists, giving an insight behind the artist and their work. I am fascinated by learning the process of how one's imagination can transpire into a work of art and become a masterpiece, treasured by society for years to come. As I delve into the personal lives of the artist, I will discover the highs of pursuing their passion as a career and explore the challenges they may endure as an artist in a modern society. Joining me on today's podcast is the fantastic Tanya Rivelis. Known for her vibrant yet sensitive portraits, Tanya has exhibited at various prestigious platforms, including the Arcadia Contemporary in New York and Bonnard Gallery in the Netherlands. Most recently illuminating the screens of Times Square in New York, Tanya has embraced the digital world and is hugely successful with her NFTs, painting various Hollywood actors such as Val Kilmer. I'm really excited to have her on the show today. Hello Tanya and welcome to Behind the Artist. Um, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today. Um, so first of all, I'm really going to start with how did you get into art? Hi, thanks for having me here. Um, I was a bit surprised when you invited me for the podcast. Um, so I don't know like how I started, actually. It's a good question because I actually don't remember when I like exactly the moment when I started my art journey. But I remember that I was always like interested in expressing myself somehow, but I just didn't know how. And, you know, when I left, um, uh, when I moved to Germany, I was like 25. Then, you know, like at 27, my husband, uh, that time, my boyfriend, he gave me like uh, brushes and oils because I was kind of like no friends, you know, like I was lonely in Germany. And he gave me like, we went to art supplies and he said, you always wanted to try like art and you want to try painting. So why not to start it here because you have time, all that. And yeah, and I started with my first uh, portrait uh, in oils. And I remember that it was like kind of scary thing because I was using a tiny, tiny brush and, you know, like a millimeter after millimeter, I was like moving (laughs) around the face. It was so scary, but yeah, but that's how I started kind of like my art journey, probably when I was 27. So not long, long time ago, actually. I know that you were saying about the, the fact that you'd moved to Germany and you'd come from Ukraine. So how has um like been different countries and experiencing different sort of cultures mm-hmm. influenced your artwork? Um, so, you know, like I was born in Ukraine, but when I was like around eight, I moved to Russia, uh, to Moscow where my mom was living and then we like I, I went to university there. So I actually moved uh, to Germany from Russia and all this journey, you know, from one country to another, it actually gave me probably, you know, what, what it definitely gives to people when they travel from one country to another is probably being brave enough to start something new and not be afraid you know like to try something new because you're already like you you're already in that journey so um yeah um but cultural i don't know if it was not such a big difference probably because moscow is a huge city uh there there are so many museums you know like uh, biggest in the world like or st petersburg is near and in St. Petersburg, we have like Hermitage, a Russian museum with amazing artists that were my first like heroes. Everyone from um, like Repin, Sirov, Kramskoy, all these artists were just like, you know, something that, that, that on such a high level that you, you know, like want to yeah. copy these masters. And, um, but, but probably I didn't, feel that kind of like a difference in the cultural uh, aspects but you know just being in europe it opens another horizon uh for for someone who moved from like you know post-soviet uh, um, area and uh, being being able just to travel around uh, europe and see like such cities like Paris or Amsterdam you know visiting museum that definitely definitely brought something into my art um, life or like uh, art mentality so yeah and do you think that like your how do you think your personality 
fits into your work so when you're doing a painting Hmm. um what parts of you can we see in your work wow you decided to (laughs) start with (laughs) easiest uh questions probably (laughs) okay um i didn't prepare for that uh okay so first of all probably it's a color that definitely speaks um about me because i'm kind of like i'm open i'm very like uh social active um i don't i feel like i have i have some energy to share and uh color just helps me you know like uh the brighter the better the more like crazy composition or like uh crazy combination of the color better so probably color is something that you know like was kind of like my friend during all my life and um yeah definitely i'm i'm oh and by the way that's how I've noticed that it actually reflects my uh, life or my current situations that, for example, if you scroll my Instagram and you see like a couple of years ago, I had like bluish, pinkish, cold palette of colors, like it was like tones. Yeah. And now you see more like warm and, you know, like warm colors, like yellow, a lot of yellow, orange. Yeah. And that's because I moved to Portugal and that <laughs> yeah, it just affected my, my, you know, like my point of view my feelings everything i just wanted to share that warmth and you know like sun and everything energy that i have around me so it definitely like in every work there is always uh, a part of an artist and you know i found it very interesting that uh, although artists you know put everything into the painting like the soul the the time but at the end, painting is never what it is, but what we are. And it's it's yeah. really nice that anyway, the painting is um, like a reflection of the viewer, like the one who is looking at the The thing that I found really interesting was sort of going through your current work and seeing obviously the um, big piece that you had in Times Square in yeah. New York. I still can't believe and- it, <laughs> honestly. I know that's absolutely amazing and how did that sort of opportunity come about yeah so probably now all traditional artists who uh, who are listening will like say boo or something like that but (laughs) that actually um was part of nft project um so i'm an nft since 2020 like end of 2020 and that time it was kind of like on the peak um it was like on trend and like the market was very good and uh, and i started like being involved in into nft um like community um and that was part of world tour of art crash art crash is like a team whose uh, whose main philosophy is to show art around the world on the biggest uh, billboards instead of advertisement, which I think is really nice idea. I mean, like I would rather see the beautiful painting, whatever like, you know, style it is, can be abstract, can be uh, concept art, whatever, but it anyway better than some uh, article or some some advertisement that tried to sell you, I don't like Coca-Cola or something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah and that was part of nft and uh, people who were there and some of my friends they sent me messages like tanya you should see that it's like i don't know it's so huge like i think it was like a eight or ten meter long the the billboard and they were yeah, it looked huge. Yeah. yeah and they sent me, <laughs> sent me message like oh my god it's so yellow <laughs> it's like too much um yeah but no, I think it's really interesting um, that you talked about the art crush because I was reading about it before okay. coming on the interview. Wow, prepared. And looking at what they do and everything. And obviously um, the fact that they are replacing the advertisements with the paintings. So what do you think that people can get out of a painting that they couldn't, for example, get out of something that was like a photograph or um, like an advertisement? Like what what can they gain out of that? So probably any photo that we see in advertisement is something that was, you know, very chosen from so many photos that was made 
especially to sell you something. And probably that's, you know, that's the thing that um, this photo has like the most, like the main meaning of this photo. Anyway, whatever, it can be most beautiful photo, of course, like of some, I don't like beautiful bag or perfume or even like a model. It's something that was chosen from so many photos in the best way to sell you something. And I think, you know, that can be with art because first of all, art is, you know, what creates is, is unique. It's like not, we can't do like hundreds of paintings and then just, okay, let's, let's just put this one because this sells, although, <laughs> now I feel like, although, but we, we kind of like sell ourselves as well with this painting. It, um, why do you think it's important really for artists to move um, from the sort of tra traditional world and move a bit more into the digital side of it. Okay, and that's better. And like, why do you think that's, why do you think that's important? <laughs> yeah, that's a bit easier. Okay. Um, so, yeah, first of all, like you see that NFT and all this digital concept gives you just more visibility, first of all, as, you, as for artists. And second, it opens just new fields of collectors like uh, for like you know buyers who can uh, collect your art and you know also we see that the whole world is going towards that direction anyway like it's going towards digital artificial intelligence i can hear background like boo again <laughs> um, yeah but but we can't stop it i mean like this is a part of some kind of like a revolution like a, maybe not a revolution but progression um and it, it will be a part of our life anyway and um in my opinion like being part of that in early days is much better than try to join it when it will be like everywhere it's you know it just reminds me probably when uh photo camera was invented and artists probably were like oh my god they can just press the button and make the photo of something that i'm painting for like three weeks um but you know it gave just other it just opened other movement in art like um i don't know, expressionism or like more crazy stuff to create and people just you know lived with that and created and were more creative in in their human way so i think that will definitely just start something new in our lives as well so when you're um like doing your nft work mm -hmm. does that differ to the process that you would do for say if someone commissioned you and they were wanting sort of a commission of them like a portrait how does it differ to doing that work to then doing an nft mm. You know, I, I actually, when I start working with NFTs, it just, like, I, I started as a traditional artist. I just kind of, like, sold my, um, you know, kind of, like, photos of my paintings. But yeah. then, um, since it's such a new, you know, scene in art world and people thinking differently, art community, NFT art community is a bit different. It's um, very open-minded. It it's very tolerant. It never judges you, whatever you do. And it just, you know, kind of make you to create more and be like more open to new mediums or experimentation. And um, the main thing I, I think in, in NFT is collaboration with other, other artists, which is like almost, yeah. you know, like it's so rare to see collaboration between traditional artists. And, you know, like we did a collaboration, for example, with Hollywood actors like Lawrence Fuller, Val Kilmer, where we connected uh, art with poetry and I added even some animation to the to my pieces. So at the end, it was kind of like a cinematic piece, you know, that that contains uh, like noise, like uh, the sound, the voice and the poetry and art and, you know, like animation. So it creates new genre in, in the way of, um, you know, like in, in art. So it just opens new perspectives, in my opinion, if you're open for like new experiments. Yeah. Uh, that I think as well, um, the interesting thing about an NFT is that when they say like, say if you have a photograph, um, the person that buys that owns that and that is like they own that photo and then 
if they want to pass it on then that is it's always going to be under their name and I think that's quite interesting really because it's a lot different to the traditional side of it where it's a physical piece and do you do you think though that if you're doing like nfts that they could potentially get lost is there a risk of like (laughs) yeah um i don't think they like if if um you know i know that so many people once again against the nft and all this stuff that's going on right now but you know if you think about it's such an awesome technology first of all it's not like about making money by selling your you know jpegs or something like that that's what i can hear many from many artists like oh but you sell jpegs it's not like that it's actually if you think about it it's such an amazing technology that will help like humanity humanity in the future or like it helps already right now um just to have um you know like everything is written in the blockchain so everything and it can't be lost like it can't be lost it can't be scammed uh, it can't be changed because the blockchain is just like a you know thousand of computers <laughs> that has to be hacked at the same time everywhere it's just impossible i mean that it's uh decentralized i think that's the word and uh, yeah. yeah the control is not in someone's hands so it means that everything what is written on blockchain is going to stay there forever and ever and ever and um yeah and you know like the most the the most valuable thing in in this technology and i once again say this is a technology not the like way to sell art is that artists for example they're very um secured by uh, royalties from the secondary market which is almost impossible in traditional uh, art world for example if i sell something at the gallery and some collector buys it and then he or she decided to sell it again for like another amount of money first of all i have no like i i will not know about that and second i won't get any percentage from the sale an nft or like this blockchain technology just gives you royalties automatically lending to your wallet you know like i i still yeah. like i know that it's like you know market is down it's so quiet but i still get the royalties from the second uh market on my uh crypto wallet so i mean it's it's so pr- how do you call it transparent that's the word <laughs> no i mean i found the whole concept of it really interesting because i mean everyone knows i think if you go on instagram and then you go through your comments like you're bound to always get a few people that will comment yeah. like are you available for an nft it's and then i think at first, <laughs> yeah at first when i started and i was thinking like what is an nft and then i sort of looked into it a bit more and obviously i, I do think it is like a really interesting thing to do i mean it's like um it also makes it more accessible to everyone as well like compared to traditional work yeah. like um and also it's like your pieces can be more recognized worldwide instead of the traditional sort of way of you go in a gallery yeah. people probably just from England say for example might just go in the gallery and see it but then it might never make it past absolutely okay absolutely yeah. and even like you know just because of this nft thing i displayed my art like my art was displayed on huge billboard on times square i mean like can you imagine what kind of pass do i need to uh, do i need to um make in traditional art world to be able to display my art on times square i mean like this is almost impossible i probably have to die and be a super famous artist to be displayed on times square on the biggest billboard and you know like the works were displayed not just on times square it was in australia in belgium in london in paris all on all huge billboards i mean like it's just or another example is that i did collaboration with with val kilmer who played batman and top gun this is like a huge uh, actor in Hollywood. And and imagine, right, again, like how I would do it yeah. if I would be just an artist mm-hmm. painting and posting my pictures on Instagram. It's really difficult. And NFT just makes you, you know, like 
make the paths that you would probably do it like in 20 years in traditional art world just a bit faster some, somehow. Yeah, no, I think um, it's it's just a really good way of doing it. I mean, you know, if you look at people on Instagram and I know how hard it is now mm. for people to get recognised um, because the way the algorithm goes now, it is incredibly hard Absolutely. to even get people to see your post, to use the right hashtags. Um, so I think actually doing it this way now is the way forward and it's the way that people are going to be able to carry on art as a full-time career as well because I think it's becoming increasingly more difficult really nowadays for um, someone to pursue a career in art. I mean that is you know partly why I set this up because you know it's promoting artists and getting people you know people's work out there as well. So I know that lot a lot of your subjects are um influenced sort of by relationships and things like that so what interests you about relationships and do you think that um you're quite interested in psychology and the psychological aspect wow you're really good with questions so you know usually i'm asked about like why do you paint men all the time so and recently i probably uh finally recognized why I do that. Before I was thinking like I paint men just because they have like more sculptural face, something like that. But then, you know, I was like digging deeper into my soul and like, you know, probably some traumas or something like that's about this psychology stuff. And then I just realized that I paint men and you probably noticed that my, my male portraits are usually about, you know, sensitive, uh, vulnerable, you know, like yeah. aesthetically pleasant men. And I just realized that it's because all my childhood and all my like, you know, like a teenage ages, um, I was surrounded by more like a macho, brutal, uh, rude men. And I think that kind of like, yeah. probably it's kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm not a psychologist, but probably psychologists can tell me, but I think this is kind of like a trauma from my childhood. And I just want, right now, I just want to surround me with another type of man. You know what I mean? Like I want just to have a man that will, won't be rude, that won't be um, aggressive, that won't be like, you know, can't, can, um, you know, like can't hurt me or something like that. So yeah this is actually the first time i'm saying that <laughs> officially <laughs> no, it's really it's really interesting because i you're trying to create art that's what you want to be reflected in actual real life in a sense then mm -hmm. because talking sort of about like the psychological sort of aspects like how do you capture someone's personality in your work how do you really get to their soul <laughs> hmm. You know, I, I was just thinking, like, I, I had a thought in my head, like, Tanya, say something smart. It should sound so like you are such a mysterious person <laughs> or something like that. But then I just thought, like, oh, my God, but, you know, when I paint some portraits, first of all, I do so many things intuitively. And, you know, like, I don't have kind of, like, rules that will um, help me to create a deep, sad look or, you know, like a very, I don't know, like a vulnerable expression or something like that it's actually i think it's on another level of it's probably unconscious scene it just happens yeah and you know i i would i i could say something like you know i'm trying to look deeper into the soul and understand the human i'm like you know sitting in front of me blah 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 but probably it's not like that probably i don't and i'm talking of course about myself but I feel like that so many things that I do is just so out of this world. It's just something that I get from, I don't know, upstairs or downstairs, I don't know, hell or heaven, whatever. But it's something that, you know, that I can't, I can't explain that thing. And it's difficult to answer that question because it just, I just feel like if I see the person, I just feel something and I, try to reflect that into my paintings you're just looking at the person and you're taking mm -hmm. 
you know that and you're just using your own sort of in- intuition yeah whereas um obviously there will be other artists that perhaps um they will sit down with the sitter they will ask some mm-hmm. questions talk about the life first before then they end up painting um the person and I think also what's quite interesting is that I think um artists are very open people um and I do think that that is why they can sort of not see into people but mm-hmm. <laughs> they they're more emotionally aware because they are so open yeah. and yeah and I think that might be one of the reasons as well why you don't need to ask people the questions you just sort of capture the personality yeah, exactly just because right. and you know it just remind me about one portrait I did of uh, a friend of mine and um I remember when I uh, but that time she was not like posing for me but I made photos that day and I was painting from the reference um but you know, like I painted her and when she saw the portrait, she said, like, you, you, you painted my eyes so sad. And she said that a day at that day, I made photos of her like a day before her grandfather died, actually. And, you know, like, I didn't know that, like, but that captured that look, you know, in in portrait, you could see that this person is deeply, deeply sad somehow um but you're probably right sometimes it's just some unvisible connection between between sitter or like um you know model and the artist that we probably can't express i know you've um, obviously painted lots of different people um and who would you say has been your favorite person Mm. to paint it's every time it's a different like it's kind of like a period period that you know, like one period, uh, one time period, I have like a one favorite model that I have connection with. Um, yeah. Then I meet other model and then I have another connect. For example, like recently I met uh, the guy in cafe uh, here and like around the corner and he's from Australia. His name is Connor. And I just, when I entered the cafe, I saw his eyes and I was like, and you know sometimes it's like awkward moment i should say when you just come to person like a maniac and then you're like uh can i paint you come to my studio it's near you know like something like that um probably it's a bit like you know like scary uh especially with my slovenian accent um yeah but but i just i just saw his eyes and I was so like, I had that connection. I just felt that, oh my God, I need to paint this this guy. And that's like one of the portrait over there. You the, probably <laughs> saw it on Instagram. So um, yeah, and now I'm in, like in such period when I'm in love with this like, you know, face and uh, look and the sad eyes. So probably this for this period, I will be, you know, like, I, I will love to paint this person. And then maybe I will meet another one. So it's kind of like a tiny, <laughs> tiny love. <laughs> I think um, in terms of like painting people that are more sort of famous as well, mm-hmm. do you think there is an added pressure for you when you are? Hmm. Um, you know, I made several portraits of famous people. I can't say who uh it's in in london so but i made several portraits and i actually didn't post it like and and um and i didn't announce that like oh this person have this portrait of made by me or something like that because you know maybe you're right there is some kind of like a pressure like um it should look good or something but it's probably when you're thinking that this person will post it or will announce that this artist made my portrait then it's kind of pressure but when you know that it's all going to be a very private situation you know between just you and this person then i think it's just becoming just a normal human like you know like me and you just the person that you paint um yeah so probably no pressure although with val kilmer it was a bit of pressure but just because that piece uh was you know, like visible. It was announced, it was, everyone saw it, everyone could comment on it. So of course I was a bit nervous about 
you know, like how I made it, does this portrait look like, like Val Kilmer or something like that? So just a pressure on me as an artist who has skills or has no skills. So something like that. I think that's that's actually probably the difference between mm -hmm. painting someone that is in the public eye mm -hmm. to someone that is perhaps off the street because people perceive that person in a certain way whereas if you've just seen someone on the street and you think oh you know they'd make a really good painting there's probably not many people that are going to recognize that person so they can't really pick out points they don't really have much to pick out because yeah. they don't actually they hadn't seen them in person before so I guess that maybe is the pressure I guess of painting someone that is more well known the fact that people are going to be maybe expecting them to look yeah. a certain way yeah but, and yeah. you know I've noticed that there is more pressure when I'm painting a female portrait because I know that you know like we <laughs> women are a bit like more <laughs> critical about our appearance and how we look like and we're like more you know, concentrate on, on, on the details, like if the nose is too tight, too like small, if the lips are too full, something like that. And man, I've just noticed like, man, oh, nice. Okay, cool. Here's the money or something like that, you know, so <laughs> more like relax and chill. Yeah, yeah no, I think um, one of the um, things as well about, um, you know, creating art is that people perceive your art in different ways. Um, and it's like no one looks everyone sees different colors like it, you can be looking at a color and people will see it differently and that also happens when you're looking at art so how have you coped I guess with people's opinions on your artwork like do you take negativity um constructively or do, do you ever feel sort of more um like it's hit you personally so you know I was very very worried about like what people say about my art few years ago until one day and i was like on twitter uh i saw the tweet of jerry Zaltz, the art critic that i really love his sense of humor and like the you know the way he talks and says stuff so is really cute <laughs> so and he wrote the um tweet tweet something like that so artist uh, saying like oh what people think about my art and then uh, below was nobody <laughs> give a fuck about like your art or something like that you know like so and I just I remember that time I, I read that tweet and I was like oh my god this is so true like I, I, I really nervous about what people think but actually like you know yourself right when you scroll the Instagram or like tweet nowadays people just I don't spend probably one second maybe three seconds if they really love the piece right but the rest you just scroll so yeah and i was thinking like really probably so true nobody really like you know worried like you know give a shit about like what you create so you can just relax and just create whatever you want nobody's nobody cares you know like something <laughs> like that and it really <laughs> helped me you know i just realized that it's it's so true people are so busy with this stuff around them you know like more than with your art so you know just create and just relax <laughs> like that so basically if like um you create a piece of work do you ever feel like you need to think about what other people are going to think of that okay um when you out into the world like do you think that people's opinions and um society affects your work mm -hmm. i've noticed that sometimes it can be a bit different, for example, from one gallery to another, because some galleries are more like a classical one, you know, like more traditional one, but some galleries give you more freedom to create some crazy stuff and, you know, like, or big things like behind me, this pink one, it's not finished, not going to be pink, but, you know, it's just some galleries or maybe some collectors that give you more freedom in being who you are and some you know galleries or institutions uh give you some limits in what they can sell you know so something like that and probably that's the only thing that can limit me in in a way of uh, my artistic you know expression but i few times i try to paint something like landscape or like still life and then after like few attempts i just realized this is not my thing i was too bored with the 
you know, like all this stuff, because I still need the, you know, I still find that face of like human is most interesting. But as I said, like with NFT, I know I'm returning back, but with that, I just, first of all, I got some financial stability because I was selling something that I painted before and people loved it. And um, that gave me opportunity to be a full-time artist. And, you know, I could just paint what I want because I had that financial stability that came from, was coming from NFT. So I could work like, and now I just, nothing can stop me. I think that's really good. And I think that the NFTs in a way just give you that, sense of freedom um yeah the thing that I'm gonna ask you next is the fact that you have sort of um a mysterious sort of element to your work like people need to look into your work what do you want them to see when they look at it you know with every art piece that probably artists create uh artists want to tell some story and um you know, but like with every book, uh, when you read the book, you get something for yourself. So you, you don't read it as the writer wrote it and you just got his ideas and everything, but you read it and you find some, I don't know, some chapters, something that reminds you of childhood, something like, but it's something that reflects you. So probably with art, it's the same. It's not like what I want to say was that it's something like what I want to say, I know, and you know, like this is what I say to myself with this art, but probably when I want person to see it, I want it to see it as it is like for, for this person. So not to, you know, think like, Oh, what artist wanted to say here. It's, it's so funny when you go to museum and then you just, you know, you have the guide who is telling me, well, artists, with this painting, artists wanted to say about, I don't like some trauma and some political style, blah, blah, blah. But what if not? Like, you know, if, if this person didn't left the note behind the painting, yeah. like, that's what I wanted to say, then it's probably not like that, right? Like, and everyone can interpretate this painting um as as this person wants and as as this you know like has the right now in this moment the connection with you because you can be in the this mood here one day and the next time you will see this painting it will you know open another kind of like feelings in you what inspires you apart from obviously seeing someone and being like oh mm -hmm. like you know you'd be a really good subject so how do you think of like a composition example um you know i think that um the freedom to place the person like uh in in the you know environment canvas or like a plywood um gave me one workshop that i had with my friend ivan loganov who is an artist in st petersburg um so he's really talented artist as well as a teacher and i remember when like at the beginning of my art journey i went to his workshop and we had like a five days private workshop for three hours we painted uh, from life model and i remember yeah. when we start painting the portrait ivan just said like yeah but place the hair like this let's cut like the fingers let's cut the forehead and everything i was like oh my god i didn't know we can do that <laughs> you know um <laughs> and he just showed me that you can place the figure or the portrait on the you know the, the canvas as you wish and as you feel and that just gave me you know just opened some new <laughs> way to the cosmos and i was just okay yeah i can do that and then you know like if you think about it we can actually do whatever we want and there is no such strict rules right there might be some rules in like creating oil so i don't like some chemical stuff right because people just yeah. made a lot of mistakes and they learned on these mistakes. But I mean, like what, what you know, with, com comes with like art, I think we just can do whatever we want. So I just place how I feel. If I feel I want more like accent on the eyes, I just place it like I do a bigger face and then cut the forehead or something like that. What is your favorite feature of the face to paint? Like which part of the face are you drawn to most yeah maybe eyes i mean it's maybe banal and probably not very original answer but you know eyes <laughs> with all that 
like recently the corner has different uh colors of different eyes and it was like oh my god i need to paint that that looks so, <laughs> like it's gray but then on another side it's a bit of brown and like honey look like you know uh toned and i was like um yeah <laughs> do you ever feel pressure i guess with like time does that ever just sort of disrupt your process a bit so say if you've got like um I don't know you've you've got to work to a deadline and do you ever feel like that affects the outcome of your work because you felt like you've maybe had to rush or Mm. anything like that I just remembered what Jerry Zell said about deadlines he said like some like deadlines sent you uh from hell through heaven or something like that or maybe opposite i don't remember exactly (laughs) but i've noticed that actually when i have a deadline i work much better uh for example the show that i had at the group show i had at christie's uh in uh, april um like i i received the like invitation to the show like maybe four days before the show like something like that like before the paintings must be like already uh, at the gallery and i remember i just had like three days because i also had to stretch the canvases and frame them and i was like 24 hours in my studio uh leo was bringing me food here i was just staying here you know and i remember that it was kind of like stressful but somehow it just helped me to disconnect even on better level you know you just kind of like you know your brain knows that you have to do this and you just disconnect from everything even better than when you just paint um yeah so i really like deadlines honestly uh although it might be you know like a bit uh, exhausting at the end yeah i think um because you're saying just then about like being in your studio do you spend a lot of time in that do you ever have to sort of come away from it or make yourself come away from it i guess um you know in portugal it's pretty easy to come away from it because you just go and people like oh let's go for coffee because coffee is everywhere here and it's very good (laughs) um and you know like ocean and then i have several things like tennis or we go surfing um and we have friends here so i actually try sometimes to disconnect from the you know world and like you know try to unmute my uh, mute my phone or something just to be more in the studio actually because yeah yeah, in germany it's not a problem because in germany like it's a quiet place near us is just a forest so you just sit in your like studio and paint all the time but here is like more things to do and you know like sun i don't have windows here by the way so sometimes I just oh wow yeah yeah, I just go out just to get some sunlight you know (laughs) vitamin that's actually quite interesting the fact that you don't have any windows because it's like you're sort of contained yeah you're you're sort of contained but around your own artwork so I guess in a sense though you're sort of being inspired by the room and by the things around so Andrew Salgado (laughs) he um I met him in London and he was saying that he like just to stop being on on phone all the time like you know social media social media we're all like zombies um he decided he will place the books everywhere like and whenever he is tired to paint he just read the book like even if it's just one page so i decided to do the same because i was too much in my phone and i placed the book on my sofa so whenever i'm like tired or want to don't want to do anything i just try to read <laughs> so which out of like everything that you've done in terms of like all your exhibitions has there been one that has really sort of stood out to you and you thought wow like I have really sort of not made it but like really achieved (laughs) um before exhibition or after exhibition because I had the different feelings (laughs) so of course like when when I was you know, invited to participate in Christie's group show. And it's like, Christie's, come on, it's something huge. Um, I was like, so overexcited. It was like a highest level of adrenaline in my blood. And I was like, and it helped me to survive in that three days to create. Um, but the funny thing is that um, my friend artist, Yulia Bas, she was also at this group show. And um, 
you know, we were like both invited and she also had to create pieces and she had such a stressful scene with sending the works to London and, you know, London after Brexit, it's difficult to send works there. Um, it stuck in a custom office. It was such a horrible thing. I remember it was just crazy. But anyway, so we were so excited before the show, like, you know, like, oh, so, oh my God, Yula, did you hear? It's like a Christie's. Oh my God, we made it. And then I remember, like, there was an opening. So London, very fancy party, people looking gorgeous, everything. Like, I sold a few pieces. And then I just realized that I don't feel anything. Like, it was, I was excited during the opening, of course, because I talked with so many people. But then when the show finished, I remember that I had none of feelings. It was, like, empty. And then I asked Yule, like we were together working uh, for a coffee. And I said, like, Yule, did you feel the same? Like, I don't feel anything. I'm not excited. I'm not, like, happy. I, I have nothing, like, in my soul. And she said she was say feeling the same. Can you imagine? It was, like, just the same, uh, probably. And I think it's, you know, we, we give so much energy in creating art that when it already happens and it hangs on the wall and is on display, which is probably so relaxed and so, you know, like it's just yeah. kind of like, a, I don't know how to explain that, but you just don't feel anything at the end. Um, I don't know if that, it happens yeah. with other artists. I would really love to hear some like opinions in the comments if there is a comments, but you know, yeah. so yeah, that was weird feeling. I remember. Yeah, I think it, it's quite interesting that really because it's like you've got this big thing and then it's sort of like the lead up to it mm -hmm. and it's like the adrenaline and the excitement and then it's once you've done it, it's like, oh, yeah, right, I'm dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> when you did like the, say, like the Times Square, were you, were you nervous about your work going um, up? You know, like when I don't, I think when you don't see it like in front of you, it's absolutely different feeling when you just like on Twitter, someone sends you and you're like, oh, 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 look, nice, you know? So it's absolutely different. <laughs> People over there, they send me a message that it's a huge, it's yellow, it's so beautiful. Um, I was super excited. I'm very thankful to Art Crush for making it happen. But you need to see it yourself. Like, it's just, you know, like seeing reproduction of any beautiful painting and then going to museum and see it like in front of you and you just have different feelings. Um, of course, it was super exciting. I'm so, so proud to be in on the Times Square and very thankful. But I wish I could see that myself. You know, I wish I'd be there and just see it myself. I'm just so sad about that. <laughs> So now I think um what would you say now then now that you've sort of say been at like Christie's and you've been in Times Square what do you think is your next sort of goal like what do you what would be your like biggest aspiration as an artist huh. um you know first of all I don't even believe that it happened with me really so I still don't believe that all this happened to me and um I think this is kind of like probably a, a, some kind of like imposter syndrome. I don't know like if it's that, but you know, when you just feel that you don't deserve it, you know, kind of thing. Um, and this happening with me every day, I'm just thinking like, oh my God, how this happened to me? Like, oh, like probably I'm just the lucky one or something like that, you know? So, um, but the next thing that I wish and this is my, like, nowadays it's like my biggest dream is uh, I want to participate in, uh, first of all, like a portrait gallery that have open call yeah. till 16th January. So I'm preparing the piece that you see right there. <laughs> so, and I'm really focused on this one and I really want to be like, make it, you know, perfect or at least near the perfect or you know in my best yeah. possibilities or my best like skill levels that I can do and uh, the second things that I really want to achieve in this year is uh, uh, be selected to the Royal Portrait Society the annual exhibition and it's going to be my third year because on yeah. first year I won the William Locke Prize which was 
you know, like, yes. wow, still can't believe that. <laughs> I know that is amazing. Yeah. And the second year I was also selected. So the third year is, a, if I understood it correctly, if you're selected on the third year, then you uh, can apply to membership. And uh, I would really love to apply to Royal Portrait Society membership because, you know, it's kind of like very uh, high level community with top artists and uh, so many possibilities. So, yeah. And visiting London is always a cool, cool thing. I'm going next week <laughs> and I love London, so it would be nice to visit. I feel like it's one of them communities where if you're sort of in it, then you know, you're going to have a lot more connections yeah, to different yeah. people. And I want just um, to belong to kind of like some kind of community, you know, like art community. I really want to belong to that group of people who are talking about art, you know, like uh, sharing art, producing art, you know, just be kind of like a part of the community, something like that. Have you ever read, Dory have not, but have you ever read any of the interviews or have you like seen any of the artists, I guess, that are on my, behind the artists? Um, who have you found the most interesting? You know, like every story is kind of like interesting. You can't, I actually, as you said, like it's so interesting to see that mysterious part behind, uh, behind the artist. And uh, I really love how you, you know, like, you can see in interviews the nature of this person and the studio and the environment. And I love that you add this like photos, you know, and usually photos uh, with some studio. And it also like tells you some, it gives you a visual thing to, you know, imagine when you think, when you read the interview and you're like, oh, but this person creates in this kind of studio and his environment yeah. like that. It's, it just reminds me, you know, like uh, Colin Berry, she recently shared her Spotify playlist and it was so, you know, it's so kind of like a private thing, like it's your, you know, music list yeah. that you're listening while you're creating. And I remember I was listening to this music and I was like, oh my God, I'm creating the same music that Colin Berry is creating. You know, it's, <laughs> it's really not, like, it's really fascinates me that you can uh, have the connection between each and every artist in some aspects and you can kind of like see that this person is also a human and i really love when people start sharing some vulnerable stuff you know like something that you know they are not good at it or they're afraid of something you just you know it just gives you an idea that you, they are also human even they paint like god you know like but they're still humans and you're human. And that makes you kind of like being more close to each other, you know? So, and I'm glad your interviews give such, such feeling that you're closer to artists. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to read more of my interviews, please head to www.behindtheartist.co.uk. Thank you again. And I will see you in the next episode.